Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Recording from my living room in beautiful Marietta, Georgia, you are listening to the Think Inclusive Podcast, Episode 3. I'm your host, Tim Viegas. Today, I will be speaking with Marvin, Sharon, and Dana Fialco, authors of the Starabella book series. Starabella is a new series of books about a very courageous little girl with learning differences who expresses her thoughts and feelings through music. The books are based on the real-life experiences of Marvin and Sharon's daughter, Tara, who exhibited a surprising musical talent when she was very young, but would later present perplexing challenges. Not able at the time to get a diagnosis, they were left with a mystery. Tara would not be diagnosed with autism until she turned 21. Tara, now an adult, went on to earn a degree in early childhood education. The Fialcos and I discuss what it was like to observe Tara's amazing musical talent and how she developed her voice through melodies and lyrics. Dana Fialco, Tara's younger sister, describes what it was like growing up with Tara and what she has learned from having a sibling who is not like everyone else. All of this and more on the Think Inclusive podcast. Thanks for listening. Okay, I would like to welcome uh, Marvin, Sharon, and Dana Fialco, uh, authors of the Starabella book series. Uh, to the Think Inclusive podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and having a conversation. Thank you Thank so much you. for inviting us. Thank We're thrilled you. to be here, and we admire so much about you know the work you do to spread awareness of the benefits of inclusion. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Um, uh, I invited you on because I, I wanted uh, you to talk to our listeners about... Um, what just a special thing you have with the Starabella series. And so to get us started, I wanted to know, how did you first get the idea about creating a book series um, called Starabella? 
Okay, first of all, my daughter Dana made up the name Starabella when she was around three years old. It happens to have my daughter Tara's name right in the middle of it, so I feel that this was something that was just meant to happen before we even were aware that it was going to happen. So, mm. <laughs> and um, my purpose for writing the Starabella series is I wanted to bring my daughter Tara's dream of a bright new world of friendliness and acceptance to other children. I want children to feel safe and welcome to share what is special inside them to enhance their classroom environments. My daughter, Tara, who's now an adult, is a self-taught pianist and composer who deals with the challenges of autism. She was often teased and picked on in school and suffered consequential isolation. She came home to her beloved piano and wrote magical, touching melodies and lyrics about a far more accepting world than the one she had to face each day. One of her songs, Welcome to a Bright New World, became the inspiration in this musical world. Children play and get along and are accepted for exactly who they are. Tara went on to earn a certificate in early childhood education. I was her study buddy. Based on what we learned together, I wrote interactive shows for children incorporating Tara's music. Tara and I made props and scenery, and Tara performed these shows in many preschools, kindergartens, day programs, and after-school programs. My, Dana, my daughter Dana often accompanied Tara when she was home on college breaks. Uh, the Starbella stories arose from my observations of the social challenges faced by the children in these schools and programs. Uh, the Starbella stories combined Tara's experiences with those of other children. Some of the words and the characters in book three featuring Starbella at school are the actual words of these children. Mm -hmm. So what was, um, thank you for that uh, description. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious as to how um, uh, Dana's and Tara's relationship, um, how did, how did that how was that as far as, um, you know, you starting to perform? And also, Dana, how did you feel about Tara and her uh, musical ability and kind of seeing her as she, as she grew as a person? Okay, well, um, Tara and I are, we're fortunate in that we were both very musical as children, and that, was, that enabled us to have a very special bond through our music. And it, it's funny even hearing the question how... I responded to her music and how we started because I feel like being the younger sister, I was born into a world of Tara's music mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And it's something that as children, we just developed a natural rapport that way because I always loved to sing and Tara played the piano as her life lifeblood. So I grew up in a house that was always filled with magical music. And because Tara was my older sister, when I was really little, she would teach me her songs. Um, she did write these magical lyrics about going to a bright new world, and we loved to make recordings together. We'd sit with, with a cassette tape player, <laughs> dating myself, but <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and we, we, <laughs> we would make up our own radio shows. And, and at that top point in her life, Tara loved to tell stories she would and, and loved to share her music. So, and I was the one who was there. So whether I liked it or not, I was going to be performing her music. And I, luckily I did like it. So um, that was the way that we really grew up. So I didn't, it wasn't something that I could say was a choice. We just fell into it. And as we, oh, I'm sorry, yes? No, 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 go ahead. 
I was going to say, as we became a little bit older, then we start performing in a in a more formal way. We had a we had a regular gig on Friday nights at a local shopping center, and Tara would play her keyboard, and I would sing, and we would make up these performances. And when Tara was thirteen, she wrote she start her music was maturing and she start writing songs that sounded a little bit more like they had popular music potential mm-hmm. and I mean um meaning more adult type songs. And when I was around thirteen, I had the idea to start writing lyrics to her music. At that point she no longer wrote her own lyrics and I thought we would we would start creating hits together and writing songs. And that's when one of our songs, A New Beginning, was born. I woke up one morning with the lyrics in my head to that song that she had named A New Beginning and we started a collaboration with songwriters at that point. Uh that that's amazing. Um uh, I'm also a musician, so I understand. Oh. I understand the kind of the process of some. Sometimes things just come to you, and you don't even really. It's not even on purpose, but it's it just happens. So I can definitely see that 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 you know the way that you're talking about um, music and the way that you're talking about your relationship with Tara. Um, that yeah. it just seemed like it seems like that music just really came out of you, and it was it was something that was already in your family. So it just sprung out of who, who you were and who you both were. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And very much like the character of Starabella, Tara really did use music to express her feelings. She wasn't, she didn't always know how to express her feelings verbally. So that mm-hmm. was a way that she communicated with all of us and how we all could know what she was feeling. And I think one thing that, that unfortunately Tara was exposed to as a child was a lot of cruelty from other children, which my mom was talking about as part of her inspiration to write this series. And as a young child, I was, of course, witness to that. And again, being a little younger, I didn't always understand it. But one thing that Tara always infused her songs with was this sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And writing a song like Welcome to a Bright New World or I Can Fly in a Dream Full of Happiness, it was really her dream of another world. So in addition to the music that was always filling my world, I always had this this um, this voice of inspiration, I guess, and, and this sense of, of hope. Mm-hmm. I think we were a very we were a very hopeful family in general. And having you know, at the time when we were growing up, Tara didn't yet have a diagnosis, which which was more common back then. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so so there was one thing that was very inspirational to me as a child was that my parents never expected any less of Tara than what she could do, mm-hmm. and were always motivating her and pushing her to do her very best. And I grew up with that sense of everyone having the the not only the potential but really really the the obligation to to do their best and mm-hmm. that's the way Tara was brought up and that I was brought up and that helped motivate me as well now uh Marvin and Sharon are you both uh, musically oriented no not at all but Marvin has relatives who are musical on his side, but none of them are composers, so Tara's side. When you said about music just coming forth without thinking about it, um, we moved from our home in St. Louis to Honolulu, Hawaii, and my mom sent my piano that I never played well at all. I have no musical talent. <laughs> uh, I'm in Hawaii, and um, 
Tara took to it as if it was a part of her. She started banging on the keys, making noise, driving us berserk. And then uh, suddenly, but we didn't know she was discovering the sounds that the keys made. And um, then all of a sudden, we heard the miracle of the melodies. She started to play all of her childhood songs, songs she heard on the radio, songs that she heard on CD. She even played music that she heard in the dentist's office. She, uh, once we went to a um, museum that was showing a Chinese film, and she came home and played the whole soundtrack to that music, and she said, do you remember that? So it was very much of a miracle that uh, she was able to play music by ear, and then shortly after, she started to compose her own music. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, what and in- go ahead. Do you, yeah. What instrument do you play? I play the uh, piano, bass, and uh, guitar. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, I learned. Uh, I learned piano uh, first around four or five years old. My my parents enrolled me in um, classes at the at the piano studio and um, I, I continued lessons through high school and then that's when I got into, you know, rock and roll. So, (laughs) (laughs) so when did, so did Tara ever have any formal training in, in piano? Yes. She's had many years of formal training, but her ear um, playing by ear was always surpassed what she did as far as reading notes. She has Mm. her own special Style that's really quite beautiful and inspirational. And all of her music isn't just inspirational. She wrote music as a child about the wonders of nature, her feelings, and childhood um, interests like her cat and the circus. So her music really reflected the world around her as well as um, her inner feelings. And in the Starbella books, our heroine, Starbella, it, like Tara's little girl with learning differences, who expresses her feelings best through music. And the stories of Starbella follow her through uh, three phases of her early growing up. Book one features Starbella at home. Book two features Starbella in the community. And children following Starbella and learning about her challenges and rooting for her to reach her goals they form empathy for her character, so they care what happens to her when she becomes a member of a diverse, inclusive kindergarten classroom in Book 3. Uh, that was actually my experience with my daughter. She is um, six years old, and when we read Book 3 together, um, she uh, was very interested in what was going to happen next. So <laughs> I don't know if there's any... Um, any plans for any further book series, but, um, she was, she was very interested in, you know, if there was going to be a continuing of the story. Well, your question makes me very happy because I'm always very, um, excited to hear the response of children who do not have special needs to the Starbella character. It seems that from the response we're getting, it's that children form a great affection for the character, which is what I was hoping for. And um, we do want to take Starbella further. Um, I would like to write a cookbook that um, shows the bright new world children in Starbella's class um, preparing a multicultural luau for Starbella's birthday and um, introducing you know, entertainment, 
uh, from their backgrounds, from their cultural backgrounds, and also food from these backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, um, my goal is to have Stora Bella be discovered when she's performing as a rock star mm -hmm. and um, actually traveling around the world with her musical messages of friendship and acceptance as a global ambassador of, of friendship. And so we do hope to take Star Bella further. But our main goal now is to bring Star Bella and her messages to um, children. Um, to yeah, um, to I, children. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm interested, or actually I should mention um, to the people that are listening, is that Starabella, the the book series, book one, two, and three, it are it, they're not your typical storybook. Um, in fact, when you open up the when you open up the book, uh, there there are um, words for you to read, but it's really meant to be read in in conjunction with the CD. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, the stories all contain an audio CD, and um, they're fully narrated by Dana, and the music is performed by Tara, and Dana sings most of the songs. As a matter of fact, Dana performs 13 uh, voices of the various characters. And um, the, the focus of the book is really on the audio, but the um, stories come to life through... Um, colorful, kid-appealing art done by a wonderful illustrator named Anton Petrov, whom I worked with. He lives in New Zealand, and we collaborated over the Internet to get uh, the artwork done for the books. Yes, the artwork is beautiful, and um, the also the, the narration and the music are all very striking uh, and very engaging. And like I said when I, I did the book review of the, of the series, um, I, um, you know, I didn't really want to, um, I, I didn't want to, to skew my, what I thought of the book without having actually given it to my daughter and my kids to read because I knew this was going to be for children. So I, I, you know, experienced it with them and was very, um, I guess, uh, pleased that they enjoyed the book so much, um, and we're so engaged with the book uh, right right from the get-go. Uh, I, I remember growing up um, uh, listening to books on tape. And so I would have my little, you know, to actually, not even books on tape. I, I, had, a, I had a record player. And so I had, the, <laughs> I had like, you know, the Disney books like the Robin Hood or I had, you know, Snow White or Pinocchio. And then I would have my record player and then I'd put the record on and I have my book. And they would play uh, lines from the movie and, and the music from the movie, and it would be this whole experience. And that is exactly what it reminded me of when we, when we opened this up. It was just this engaging experience where I had – you had the music, you had the narration, you had the pictures, and then um, you just kind of followed along, and it was this whole experience. So that's the one thing, if, if you're listening and you want to know – about the book and what what um, what it's like, um, that is how I would describe it. It's much more of an experience as opposed to um, something you read before bed. You know what I mean? It's it's like an event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So we we so much. You know, you're telling your listeners that. And uh, one other um, aspect of this Starbella's stories is book three is interactive. Children listening and reading um, help children in Starbella's class get to the bright new world of Starbella's dream where children play and get along and are accepted for exactly who they are. By using a magical mirror in the back of the book, they're able to look in the mirror to see their expressions, and if they see that their eyes are shining like stars, like Starbella's, uh, they made um, the friendliest social choice to help solve some of the social dilemmas in the classroom. They send their friendly thoughts to the kids to help them get to the bright new world. Um, I didn't mention that um, in book three, Starbella starts off her day with great enthusiasm, but soon she's bullied and feels she doesn't belong, and she goes under a table and looks out and observes the social dilemmas of other children. We have one little boy in the book named Jeremy whose features are completely covered up to open a discussion about differences so children can express what they think might be different about Jeremy, and often they say things that are very personal. Um, when we perform these stories for children with um, visual um, challenges, um, some of the kids said, well, maybe he wore thick glasses. We've heard somebody else say, well, maybe he has freckles, or somebody else say that he has, maybe it's his voice. So they're able to express um, some of their own feelings through that character. And we have um, separate scenarios. Like I said, they're, they're see- these scenes are um, actual incidents that I observed in the schools where Tara performed the stories and the words of the children are their actual words. And I was wondering, since Marvin is here and he hasn't said anything yet, (laughs) if you, you know, if he'd like to add something, that's all right. Well, I think the exciting things about these books are that not only do they have wonderful messages, but they're very entertaining. And uh, uh, children uh, have responded so well to uh, the music, to the art, and uh, importantly to the messages, and uh, they tend to uh, appeal to all children, uh, children uh, who are typical or children who have uh, difficulties of any sort. Uh, they're really universal books, and I think uh, these types of uh, messages are very important uh, in this day and age when it's very important that, that children understand uh, other children with differences or from different backgrounds because in the world we live in, uh, that's the uh, kind of community that they're going to be involved in. So I think if they learn at an early age to uh, be empathetic to one another, uh, hopefully by the time they become adults, uh, we're going to have a much better world than uh, we have right now. So uh, it was my pleasure always to uh, support uh, my wife and my daughters in this undertaking. Uh, That's uh, wonderful that you're able to support them in this endeavor. Um, It is is definitely a a wonderful resource uh, for families. I. I wanted to talk a little bit more about how it was when Tara first started school. I know that in the in the book, in book three, uh, Starabella um, went directly into a, a typical classroom. Was that how Tara, was that her first experience in education? Or how did that come about? Or um, what, what was her experience like? Well... You know, Tara didn't get her diagnosis till she was in her own early 20s. That's why we called the first book of Starbella Mystery Girl of Music, because uh, Tara had tremendous abilities, 
but Benji also had some behaviors that were hard to understand without a diagnosis. And she also had talent that seemed to come from someplace, too, that we didn't understand. <clears throat> and so we said that she's a girl of mystery for many reasons. But um, Tara's problems in school uh, did not exhibit themselves so much academically as they did socially. Mm-hmm. With a lot of determination and work at home and tutoring, Tara was able to go to school and make good grades. Um, but her social communication was lacking, and um, the way, you know, and it, those days there was no uh, enhancement or um, accommodation for her, her needs, her learning needs, and um, ways to help her socialize. So <clears throat> she was in the regular classrooms, and... Um, when I first went to observe Tara starting in preschool, where I found her really was under a table. Mm-hmm. And by this, you know, is put into the books. And I've exhibited the books many, you know, at many autism conferences. And when parents see that picture of Starbella under the table, they often actually cry and say, that's my son. Yeah. Or that's my That's where I found them. So our problems were mostly based on... Um, social issues, and I was always in schools advocating for her rights um, to be treated fairly and justly, and um, that was one of the things that motivated me to write these stories to change that situation, to sensitize teachers to knowing that it is their responsibility to help children and um, also um, stand up for them if they are being mistreated, that it is part of the school responsibility. Back then, you know, we were told children will be children. If we help your daughter, she'll never learn how to take care of herself. So, you know, things have evolved from that point, and teachers, their yeah. responsibility yeah. to accommodate styles of learning and to, um, to try to introduce programs to... Um, to stop bullying. Yeah, there there is a um, there is a sense from certain educators, and it, it is kind of an old school way of thinking that um, there's certain behaviors or certain things that children do, and um, if we, I guess, uh, let them behave a certain way, or if we let them think a certain way, that we're just letting them get away with things you know, um, and, uh, like get away with that type of behavior as opposed to really supporting them in, in who they are in their strengths. And, uh, and so I, I'm seeing a shift in that kind of thinking, but I, I think that it, it is, um, uh, it, it is kind of a, either a generational thing or it, it's, it's just, the. Um, how many years you've been teaching it's just a different it's kind of an old school way of thinking about uh learning differences um and and so in saying that i wanted to ask dana now dana and tara went to school together at some point i'm assuming at at certain points we had times when we were in the same school and then later on we were in different schools Uh so i i wanted to know if if you when you did go to school and you were able to kind of uh, maybe uh, to see uh, Tara from afar uh, in, in the same school environment. Uh, 
did you feel like they treated Tara differently than you did, or did they feel like the, uh, did educators or administrators uh, try to try to treat Tara a, a certain way um, or the same way as you, or did you see a difference? Well, I guess I can't really say that I observed her educators with her too much because we were a couple years apart in school and she was older. So I didn't, um, I was at the point where we were in school together, we, we were younger, elementary school age. So I don't think I had enough awareness to really be able to discern that. I did witness her being picked on sometimes. Mm. Um, I think... I, feel that most of what I heard about her experiences, though, were hearing them from her or from my parents rather than actually observing them because we weren't together in the same classroom or in the same recesses because of the difference in our ages. Right. So, but I did, there were certainly times when we would play together with kids in the neighborhood and I, of course, noticed times when she would be treated differently. Uh-huh. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now, uh, how I noticed that you wrote a, um, or, or the, I think it was on the Star Bella blog, um, on your website, um, how you described autism for, um, uh, was it, um, a group of elementary school kids? Is that correct? No, it was actually, um, uh, my boyfriend's mother asked me if I could explain autism to her granddaughter, to my boyfriend's niece. Uh, yes, and, okay. and this is, this is, so this is how I explained it to her, the article that's on there. And, um, and I'm happy to see how, how popular it became with people that they that they responded to it and liked what I had to say. It was it was very much something that came came from the heart for me based on my experiences with Tara. And I I do think being being a sister, we we had a connection that a lot of people don't don't get to have. I mean I, I do I feel that we that we really have always gotten each other in a way and I can see how she how she thinks how she responds um how she processes information so particularly uh, in our work together with with performing for for those for those um who haven't read the article um could you could you explain or could you uh, maybe um summarize that explanation to our listeners Sure. Um, what I said in the article was that that 
sometimes people with autism, autism, sometimes their brains don't process or understand information from the outside world in the same way as people without autism. And one thing that I heard a lot from Tara as we were growing up and she would try to explain how she was responding to things or what was going on was that the signals sometimes get confused in their minds. So because of that, sometimes they can't necessarily approach the processes, making friends or being in social conversations or group discussions the same way that everyone else does. But I wanted to emphasize how important it was to realize that what's inside, their feelings inside, and how they respond to things are the same as everyone else's. And to, to add a little bit, I, I always knew that there was a, a certain pathway that had to be taken from the outside world into Tara's brain to understand information. And once it got in there, she understood it very well and could retain it from a long, for a long time. I saw my mom teaching her through the years, being her study buddy, working with her and seeing how I, I would say my mom had a, had a, had a real gift um, for being intuitive enough to understand how that information needed to be translated to Tara so she could really understand it and go to school and, and pass her test. Um, one thing that, that, of course, I noticed being a sibling was how sometimes how Tara would respond to noises or bright lights. Um, the, the scene from Starabella when Starabella is in the circus, that came pretty directly from experiences we had with Tara where all of a sudden the lights would be bright and there would be noises and often either children or adults will see a child with autism or an adult with autism um, screaming or, or having or reacting negatively to to some sort of stimulation that for those without autism wouldn't really bother them. Um, and it's, I wanted to make sure that, um, that children would understand that this response is coming from fear or, or real pain they're feeling, and that's why they're behaving that way. Um, then, of course, some, some people like Tara has, have great talents, like music. There are people who have talents in art or painting or math or science or any variety of things. And and one thing that we all need to be able to recognize and appreciate are those talents and knowing that sometimes what makes someone different, as we would call it, also makes them very special or sometimes it can be unrelated, but that everybody has something to offer, just like what we say in Starabella. And a lot of these skills and talents have moved things forward in our world, and we don't necessarily always talk about that. Scientific discoveries by some people who may who saw the world in a different way, um, and that different doesn't necessarily mean worse than anyone else. Um, something, some, something, something that my, my mom was talking about and, and discusses a lot and that was so important to us in these stories is we, we talk a lot about about trying to have to make people with autism or, or just anyone who doesn't necessarily conform to what society expects, trying to make them conform to to train what, what you were what you were saying about training out certain behaviors of our way of th ways of thinking. And what's so important is that the rest of us also have an obligation to adjust either to adjust the way we see things and to know that even if somebody is is acting out or behaving in a way that might look unusual to us that we can have that, that we can we can know where that's coming from and be able to see what that is and not see it as something necessarily negative or wrong or something that that they need to conform but we can 
be able to see what's special about that person and also just understand and, and do our best to connect to them um, just like they're always trying to connect with us. Well, and you well know said. what? Go ahead, Sharon. Um, thank you. You know, you had asked me um, if, you know, Dana had some, you know, resentment, like siblings can often have some resentment resentment towards um, their siblings with special needs because they drain so much attention from the parents. Maybe Dana could um, talk about some of the negatives, but then also some of the positives um, of having, you know, grown up with somebody um, with differences. Dana, would you mind? Sure. sure. And I mean, I guess I'll, I'll start start by saying that one of the greatest gifts I've had um, from my experience with, with Tara, and I'm not even saying a sibling with autism, but with Tara as, as an individual, is I, um, I'm I'm not one to I'm, I'm not one to not appreciate the gifts that I have and the gifts that I'm given, and both with the relationship I have with Tara and just anything that that I particularly was born with, and and one thing that I said earlier was the way our parents raised us was to always do our personal best. And that's something that I feel we were very lucky in, in our home, that we were very seldom compared to each other. It was always about both of us doing our own best. And of course there were times as children where I, I didn't understand some of some of the things that Tara would do or her behavior when she would act out. And as a child, that's of course difficult there. And and she did require a lot of attention, particularly even even as my mom was saying her my mom having to be at school to advocate for her. Both my parents taking turns studying with her, and my grandmother studying with her. And as a small child, there were of course times when I didn't understand this and thought that all of that attention maybe meant they loved her more. Or maybe meant that she was more talented than I was or prettier than I was or smarter than I was. And that those were real reactions I had as a, as a little girl. And, but I, I do think I, I always with, with any of that, there's always been tremendous love between me and Tara and with our parents. So I look, looking at things with an adult, adult's eyes, I mostly see the benefit even though there are, of course, times when, you know, and, and there's always there's always the occasional embarrassment. We'd be somewhere and, and she'd act in a way that just nobody expected and, and without having a diagnosis or without having nearly the awareness of autism that we have now. Of course, when you're a child and you, you're expecting to to fit in, that, that can be troubling. Um, but I also feel that both, both in a ne- negative and a positive way, I had to become... I had to start thinking like an adult at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And part of that was gaining a sense of perspective. I would, my mom was reminding me the other day that I would sometimes talk about other kids at school and what I consider trivial things that they would worry about. And while I was seeing the challenges that Tara was having, I mean, aside from whatever challenges she she was having to understand things or to learn just what she was facing from other children. And unfortunately, that, that knowledge of that type of cruelty came into my life at a very early age through her. Mm-hmm. But it also did give me a tremendous sense of perspective. I am... I have never been one to be careless with myself to not, again, to not appreciate 
any gift I'm given and, and to see, see that for what it is, any ability that I have. Um, and also to be able to fully appreciate all of the abilities and talents that Tara has. And as I've, as I've work, been in the workplace, being in, in an adult world, I think it has made me be able to relate to a wide variety of people and to empathize and to understand motivations and to be able to really see things from other people's perspective, which mm-hmm. is a tremendous benefit when you're in the business world and forging a career, um, dealing with people, handling relationships. And I think I, I, I don't, luckily, I don't think I was ever one to need to fit in as much as some new teenagers do when I was in that phase of life. And I always appreciated myself as an individual. And I have to say that a lot of that probably came from having a sister who is such an individual. <laughs> and yes. again, that, that, that's both good and bad. I, I, there were certainly times as a child where I felt like, given that all that Tara was dealing with when, when I was old enough to really understand that and how much, how much sometimes it would drain my parents, I did tend to try to cope with things and deal with them on, the, on, on my own and not always share with them when I was going through things. And sometimes that did leave me feeling a little bit alone. Um, and luckily, as, as an adult, those were things that I was able to talk to my parents about a little bit more and, and understand what we, were, what we were all going through as a family at that time. It sounds uh, that your, your love for your sister and, you know, and Sharon and Marvin, your love for, for Tara is very obvious in the way that you're talking about her. And then also it comes across in the book as well. Um, and, and just, just how, how special you really saw Tara or you see Tara. Um, so that, I, you know, that's, it comes across. So I want to make sure you, you know, you knew that. Um, and, uh, we could, I'm, I know that, you know, we could talk about, Tara for many, many more <laughs> uh, <laughs> minutes, but uh, well, I wanted to kind of wrap things up, uh, and I wanted to ask each of you, uh, Marvin, Sharon, and Dana, if there was one thing that you wanted uh, the listeners to take away from um, our conversation, or from the book, or from whatever particular um, kind of a thing you wanted to you wanted to make sure that they got from this conversation uh, so m- maybe we can start with Marvin well I want to first of all thank you Tim for giving us an opportunity to uh, express our feelings about uh, uh, how we see see the world uh, having uh, brought up a uh, daughter with differences and I think probably the most important thing we can say is that uh, if children learn these messages at an early age we can hope these these books teach about empathy and and uh, seeing the world as a world of many differences, but differences that can can be uh, uh, understood to make it a better world. Uh, we'll all benefit. Uh, you know, as a uh, as a senior now, uh, we can benefit from uh, uh, helping kids uh, grow up to be uh, good citizens. In any case, uh, we want to also emphasize that these books uh, uh, not only teach what we think are very important messages, but are uh, are uh, important to uh, to uh, uh, enjoy is is uh, uh, an opportunity to hear great music and view uh, beautiful art, and uh, we think that the combination makes for uh, uh, very entertaining uh, uh, experiences uh, with uh, children either alone or with caregivers. So uh, again, thank you very much for this opportunity. Of course, thanks, Marvin. 
And Tim, I'd like to quote Starbella as something to take away to um, show her philosophy towards inclusion. Um, she says at the end of the series, to all the children out there all over the world, Starry says, remember all people are special and have something to offer. When you are their friend, you make the world a better place and you'll love yourself for loving them and everyone's eyes will shine like stars. That's beautiful. Thanks, Sharon. How about you, Dave? Um, and for me, two, two things. Built, building on what both of my parents just said, I think with the, with the tragic level that, that bullying has gotten to in our world right now and, and, and various incidents that, that, are, that are such tragedies, I think it is so important for kids to learn to love themselves and accept themselves and to have the resources and support to, to have the courage to be individuals and know that that's okay. And if Starabella can help all kids, regardless, I mean, kids can become victims of bullying for any any variety of reasons or no reason at all, just like our character Jeremy. And it's so important to, that kids have the courage to not only love themselves so they don't end up taking out that anger on someone else, but also to stand up for, for others and, and to be able to listen to that good voice inside themselves that, that the Starabella series always talks about. Well, I... Thank you very much, Dana. Um, your This conversation was wonderful. I hope that everyone got something out of it. Um, I know that I did. And I wanted to make sure that you uh, uh, shared what your website was, where they could find you on Facebook or Twitter um, as uh, as kind of an ending piece. So where can they find you on the web, Sharon? www.starabella.com. Starabella is spelled S-T-A-R-A-B-E-L-L-A. Okay, and you're on Twitter as well? Yes, we're on Twitter um, under Starry Says, and we have a Facebook page too. People can look up on Star Bella Facebook where we you know, advocate for autism awareness on that page. Excellent. Well, I want to thank Marvin, Sharon, and Dana Fialco for coming and joining me on the Think Inclusive podcast. This was wonderful. Um, good luck to you and the book and everything beyond that. And uh, hopefully we can follow up in some time and see how everyone's doing. Okay, so thank you very much and uh, we will see you guys later. Thank you, thank you so you. much. That concludes this edition of the Think Inclusive podcast. Remember, you can always find us on Twitter at think underscore inclusive or on the web at thinkinclusive.us. Today's show was produced by myself, talking into USB headphones, using a Mac Mini, GarageBand, and a Skype account. Bumper music by Jose Galvez with the song Press. You can find it on iTunes. You can also subscribe to the Think Inclusive podcast via the iTunes Music Store or podomatic.com, the largest community of independent podcasters on the planet. From Marietta, Georgia, please join us again on the Think Inclusive podcast. Thanks for your time and attention.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.